We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. We are just a week away from free agency, actually less than a week away from free agency in the NFL and a big offseason for the Chicago Bears. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, man, what a crazy week it's been since we've uh, we've talked last. It's, man, this has been insane. I mean, obviously, we've known about the coronavirus stuff for a while, but here we are, um... You know, it's, I mean, just to give you an idea, I mean, we're recording this on a Thursday. It's funny because we were supposed to record yesterday and I completely forgot. For, for you, for those of you who do not know, um, I moved from California to Texas. So now Zach and I are actually in the, t- the same time zone. And for whatever reason, I got my wires crossed up yesterday and I was actually getting food and I realized that, oh, I'm supposed to be recording a podcast right now, which. It's almost kind of interesting. It seems like any time like a podcast gets pushed off or something, you know, whatever, you know, gets pushed off and then something ends up happening. That's exactly what happened last night because, I mean, you know, Wednesday was last night and, I mean, it just – things just went downhill in a hurry. It started off with uh, the Jazz game and, and all the stuff that happened there and, uh, you know, and obviously they shut down that game. I think it was, what, two players tested positive for the coronavirus, and then all of a sudden the NBA basically suspended the season. There's been a lot of speculation that they may need to pick up again, and the NHL did it today. Uh, baseball is basically shut down, and they're going to delay uh, opening day for at least a few weeks. It sounded like it could be May, and it's like and then all of a sudden you're looking at it, and it's like all these things are falling off. All the sporting events are falling off. 
all this crazy stuff's going on. Tom Hanks and his and his wife, and I can't remember his wife's name right now, but they have the coronavirus. I mean, it's just so much has happened uh, in such a small amount of time, and that just kind of goes to show how quickly this has kind of progressed. But somehow, somehow, for the most part, the NFL is going to stay pretty well unaffected by this, and they're really going to run the show next week, especially. I mean, we're going to see no live sporting events for probably at least a month. And here we are with the NFL free agency and the tampering period and all that stuff kicking off next week, and they're going to have center stage for it all. Yeah, I mean, the NFL is it's just going to – it already rules the sporting world, and it's just going to take over even more um, next week. But, yeah, that was crazy, man. It was like we were in a movie last night. I mean, I was watching some of the college basketball games, and then, you know, we saw the whole Rudy Gobert thing and the NBA deciding to, you know, pretty much suspend the season – and then you mentioned, you know, the other ones, MLB and NHL, and then, you know, the big one today, uh, the, the NCAA tournament. And then literally like 10 minutes after that, they pretty much said all NCAA championships from now until, you know, summer when it, when it ends are all canceled. So it's like, it is just wild. It just felt like, you know, this, these 24 hours we were living in a movie and I, I really can't think of anything, you know, that's been, you know, this, um, this big and this major to shut down sports. I know, you know, nine 11 was wild and, and, and crazy. And, you know, it, it shut down sports for a, a good couple of days. I mean, that's like the only thing I can compare it to because you just see all these events canceled and the league suspending and then having tried to rework to get this stuff going back, you know, in uh, May, June, July, it's wild. And then for our Illinois listeners, you know, governor Pritzker just came out and said no live sporting events in, in, um, Chicago for any of the major sports teams until May 1st. Um, and if they have to play the games, they're going to do it without fans. It is wild. I like, I don't even know what the end to this is. Cause I know you get, you know, if you have to go into quarantine, you're probably pretty much there for 14 days, maybe three weeks. And then it's like, well, how do we know, you know, if this thing spread, if it didn't spread, it is just, it's, it's insane. But like you said, I mean, the only thing that I could see really hurting the NFL is, if the fans can't go to the NFL draft and they put something out that says, um, you know, possibly, you know, no fans at the draft, we're just going to, you know, have it old school style where teams call, I even shouldn't even say old school style. Even when they have it in these cities, teams still call in their pick. So it's like, this is not something that teams need to be in attendance for anyway. Um, it's, it's wild. I think that's like, you know, the only thing, cause we're still so many months away from the start of the football season. I know there was a couple of reports that some NFL facilities were closing today or some teams were thinking about closing um, their facilities down. But even then, I mean, we're just so far away from actual football activities that I, I don't think it's going to impact the NFL at all, like majorly. I don't think it will either. It's, it's definitely a shame that the draft is going to be impacted by this because I think that the draft experience, especially in Vegas, would have been incredible just an incredible event to be at, uh, especially for what they had planned. They were going to do it uh, what at the Mandalay Bay on that little, you know, on the little waterfront there. And it just, it would have been, or was it the Bellagio? Maybe it's the Bellagio. I always get those two confused. Either way, I've, I've been there like 20 some odd times. I should know this by now. But it's, I mean, that's definitely a shame. Um, the other factor of this that we're kind of talking about before we started recording would have been, or will, will be, I guess, that, uh, you know, that a lot of these, uh, you know, private workouts and private visits, they're they're getting thrown out the window of prospects right now. Um, but what I do find interesting, and I do absolutely 100% agree with this, because I think we can all agree 
that to at least a certain extent the draft process is uh, a little overdone in terms of what teams are doing, the kind of information they're digging out. I mean, they do more background um, and work on these guys than most people do to get a security clearance to work for the government. I mean, and, and I mean, I love sports, but sports isn't nearly as serious as national security. I'm sorry. It's just, you know, but it is what it is. But one of, and I can't remember what agent it was, but an agent came out today on Twitter and basically said that, you know, this this may be a good thing for prospects because you're not going to give teams a chance to overthink on the interview process and the workouts and everything else. Like, they've got, they have more than enough game film to go off of. They have more than enough resources that they could still talk with via the phone and stuff like that to be able to get the background that they need on these guys and do whatever they need. So... I think it's going to be interesting because, you know, I'm sure there's going to be teams out there who may benefit from it just by default because they're not overthinking things. And I think you're going to have those teams, too, where maybe they don't have a good draft and then, you know, some of this is going to come out as blame, whatever it may be. But it's just it's one of those things for the NFL. You know, if, if you know, if, if something like this is going to happen, I guess it's good that's happening now because you've got I mean, just to give you an idea. I mean, we've been talking about all the different sports that are going to be canceled. It's like really the the end of March is like the apex of the sports world in terms of you got March Madness going on. You've got baseball. Or you got, well, you got yeah, you got baseball. You have the NBA. You have the NHL. I mean, you got all sorts of crazy stuff going on, and, and all of a sudden, it's like none of that's going to be going on at all. And you know, at least for a free agency and all that stuff, I mean, the, the NFL is going to rule the roost. And again, I mean, they're—it's it, one of those things. Why? Because the, the the drafts at the end of April, so you got rookie yep. minicamp after that, and all that stuff. So it's—I mean, really, I mean, you're not even talking until the beginning of May until teams are really going to start doing any sort of workouts. And I would assume by that point, they'll have a pretty good idea of what's going on. They'll have a decent handle on it. I mean, obviously none of us know that right now because this thing is just progressing and doing some really weird stuff. But I, I would have to think at this point, I mean, outside of the draft, I mean, I feel like the NFL out of all the sporting teams in the sports world, or sporting more the point, the sporting organizations in the sports world, I feel like they're kind of going to be coming out not only unscathed, but I think in some ways they're going to they're going to benefit from this. Yeah, and for, I mean I'm no expert on it, uh, and from what I understand, I mean pretty much the safety concerns is banning you know events that are you know thousands of people or a thousand people. So it's like even if you know OTAs and stuff, they're going to have some sort of measures in it, and OTAs are pretty much the what 90 players the personnel and then the media so you're looking at like what 150 200 people at the very most um yeah uh, that's just from my understanding that it it, it is like large events because they don't want to spread anything like that again i'm no expert but that's just how i kind of understand it yeah it does suck though man because like it's like this is the best time of the year for sports like you know your nba starting to get into that full playoff swing you know coming down to the wire nhl has like 10 12 games left um in their season and then march madness literally this whole week you can sit you're supposed to be able to sit down and just watch college basketball like at 10 a.m every single day and then next week it returns the same way on thursday it sucks. I get it. I understand. I applaud the NCAA for canceling it. It, it. You had to do it. I mean, you can't sit there and play these games in those arenas. You, you know, you ban the fans, and then you have the safety concerns with the players because all it's going to take is going to take a couple of these college players to get the coronavirus, and then everything was doomed, uh, just like we kind of saw in the NBA with Rudy Gobert, who, you know, all-time dummy move to 
go on the microphones and touch all the reporters' microphones. And then the report today was from his teammate, like some one of his teammates even said he was being careless in the locker room and like not really paying attention to um, what he was touching and, and not really, you know, aware of others and how he could get others sick. And then Donovan Mitchell, his teammate gets test positive for coronavirus. So it's like all time dummy move in my opinion. But um, yeah, I mean, pretty much the only big thing from the NFL that's been canceled is the owners meetings. And that's not even canceled. It's just postponed and moved and until May. So yeah, it, it's wild there. And um, yeah, but we're going to break down some free agency stuff because it will go on next week. Uh, before we do all that, though, let's hit our first break of the show. We'll be right back to break down some Chicago Bears free agency news. The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Welcome back into the Bearport Podcast. That was just 10 minutes of coronavirus talk. We had to do it. Biggest news story of the day, of the world, you oh, know, pretty much. Yeah. This is a world story. This yes. is the United States or sports. I mean, this is, yeah, this is. I guess we're kind of late to the late to the party here, but I mean, still, it is. This is definitely ruling everything. Well, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, like, I'm not. I don't want to get political or anything, but it's like, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we were just like memeing the hell out of this and like joking around about it, and now, bam, it hits us. And um, hopefully, it doesn't get to the drastic measure. I think I was reading something. Italy's like half the country's quarantined. Like they literally just shut down half the country. I can't imagine that happening here, but uh, hopefully, it doesn't get to that. Um, but as we were saying, NFL will go on as is, uh, free agency set to begin next week. The, uh, tag deadlines are, um, 1159 AM Eastern on Monday. And then literally one second after that, the legal, and I put in quotations, legal tampering period, um, begins. And then the new league year kicks off later in the week. I believe it's, is it Wednesday, Thursday? Uh, I think free agency starts Thursday. Yeah. So free agency starts Thursday. It's 4 PM. Um, Eastern time, the new league year calendar begins. I can't, uh, man, I, I see the problem is I got, I haven't really looked at a calendar that much this year. So I don't know, like I can't relate, you know, a day to when it actually falls on the calendar. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's what's the 18th. So it would be, um, let's see, it will be last, it will be Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because I believe the the uh, tag period, and the legal tampering period, all that, you know, the forty eight hours, essentially what it is. But yeah, it's a big off season for the Bears, Aaron. I mean, last year at this time we were going in, the Bears were twelve and four, coming off the twelve and four season NFC North title, and we were kind of looking at like, okay, they had some big decisions. You know, Adrian Amos um, was the big one. What are they going to do at running back? They signed Mike Davis and later traded away Jordan Howard, and you know we were kind of feeling good, like okay, the Bears can build on this season they could be a real Super Bowl contender they fall flat on their faces eight and eight miss the playoffs um and now it's just a completely different tune because the biggest storyline this you know biggest storyline last year was will Mitchell Trubisky take that next step I think one of the biggest storylines this year if not the biggest storyline for the Bears is what veteran quarterback are we going to see them sign or possibly trade for in free agency well, and I think that's the key here. Um, I'm sorry, but I don't care about anything else that they do this offseason. 
if they don't get the quarterback situation figured out, none of this matters. It just, it simply doesn't. Uh, it's, and I know we beat this into the ground and we're going to continue to until, until they figure out what they're doing. Um, you know, like you said, whether it's, I mean, and that's, a, that's kind of the thing here, like this, the options available in free agency, uh, this is something I wrote about um, this week, and this is something that we talked about, it is, I mean, it, it, it's, it's really good. It's probably one of the best overall times to need a quarterback. And it's not just because you have names like Tom Brady out there. Um, and, you know, it's not just because you have the vast amount of free agents or you have a good draft class. It's that you have both. Not only do you have probably four or five quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round, but you have guys like Tom Brady, you have guys like Jameis Winston, you have guys like Ryan Tannehill, Teddy Bridgewater, um, you know, Dak Prescott's a free agent, but I'm not going to count him. And the same thing with Drew Brees, I'm not going to count him either. I mean, there's so many names out there, and that's just free agency. And then you look at some of the trade targets, uh, Philip Rivers is another free agent. You know, it's like you look at some of the, the trade targets out there. you got, uh, obviously, Derek Carr, uh, Andy Dalton. I mean, there's and, and Cam Newton, possibly. I mean, there's... There's options, and that's and that's kind of where, obviously, you know, if, if most of you have been listening to the podcast enough, I think you kind of both know where Zach and I stand, and you you know how much I can lock onto an idea, and that's that's kind of where I'm at, and that's exactly where I'm at with quarterback. Uh, I'm sorry, I loved Trubisky coming out of the draft. I tried everything to support him. I defended him all off season um, last year, and simply put, he he's just not good. He's just, he's just a bad quarterback, and could he turn around? I mean, it's it's possible. Historically speaking, when you look at his numbers and the trajectory of his career, not very likely at all. The problem is, is the Bears cannot afford to find out if that's going to happen without at least a competition. I think that's really where this is at, is they can't go into this coming year with the same quarterback uh, room that they had last year. They can't go in with Trubisky, Chase Daniel, and Tyler Bray. It just can't happen. Trubisky needs to be pushed. And my personal theory is, once Trubisky's pushed, I think Trubisky is going to crumble all the way because I just simply think that that is his mentality. I think, for lack of a better word, I mean, this is going to sound kind of rough, but I think Trubisky's mentally soft. I think we've seen it in this play. I think we've seen it in certain situations. Uh, I just don't think that he's going to respond well to this, and that's where my mindset comes in of you have different options, okay? I, I understand that the Bears are going to be tied against the cap once the whole Kyle Long move happens and – you know, they finally get the, uh, you know, when, once they finally get cap space actually figured out, I still think a new CBA is going to get done, but, but let's just assume it doesn't. They're going to be sitting a little bit under $30 million. Uh, they have some wiggle room and what they do. Obviously, Leonard Floyd is going to be a situation where they got to make a decision on him. And if, if they let him go and cut him loose of that fifth year option, then all of a sudden you got an extra $13 million. Obviously, you need to sign some sort of replacement, even if it's not that amount of money. But point being is, Cap space is somewhat of an illusion in the NFL. I mean, this has been a thing that we've talked about for years now. This is a thing that we've seen for years now. The Bears can create cap space just like any team. Obviously, it's kind of kicking the can down the road. But the thing is, you didn't go out and trade for Khalil Mack two years ago for you to falter because of a quarterback. Um, and I just think that's where things are at right now. Everything starts and stops with a quarterback. Now, once they get the quarterback situation figured out, whether that's Dalton whether that's Carr, whether that's the you know a free agent option that maybe we're not talking about right now, like a Ryan Tannehill, I don't know. But once they get that at least on paper, 
then you can start worrying about tight end. Then you can start worrying about right guard. Then you can start worrying about who's going to replace Ha Ha Clinton Dix if they're not going to re-sign him. Who's going to replace Prince of Mukamura? Stuff like that. Obviously, they're not dealing with a ton of draft capital um, as well. I mean, they have a decent amount of picks, but in terms of the value of those draft picks, not very good. But again, it all starts at quarterback right now. I, I, I don't think there's... I don't think there's any other – because here's the thing. They can do as much as they want as the roster. And, I mean, we saw a pretty good roster last year. Uh, but if the quarterback situation is there and they get, you know, the same production they got out of the offense as they did last year, then this team's going nowhere, and it's probably going to be another 8-8 eight eight type of year. Yeah, and to that point about the quarterback position, you know, they're going to bring in someone that they think, you know, number one, can beat out Trubisky, and number two, worst-case scenario – um, if Trubisky does win the job, but he falters, you know, in weeks two, three, four, early on in the season, someone that can step in and give them better play at the quarterback position, um, unlike something they had last year. I mean, yeah, Chase Daniel came in. He wasn't, like, god-awful. He wasn't great, though. I don't think he's good enough to come in and win you a couple games. And and for me, you know, I look at it this way. Okay, you look, and if you trade for Nick Foles, I think he has somewhere, what is it, like $17 million cap hit or 22 22- Either has a $17 million or $22 million cap hit. Um, who's the other one? Uh, Andy Dalton has a $17 million cap hit. You have uh, Derek Carr, who has a big cap hit. I believe his is like $18 million in that area. If you want to go that route and bring one of those quarterbacks in and you pay that money, you're going to pay that money for them to be the starter moving forward. And it's not even going to be a competition in my eyes. It's going to be whoever they acquire. If they acquire Derek Carr, you know, he's going to be the starter moving forward. Um, if you're going to pay that money – you want that guy to be your week one guy and then for the future. Now, if you go a different route, maybe you bring in someone like Marcus Mariota, um, Case Keenum's the other name, and then have them come in and compete. You know, obviously, if, if, if Trubisky's not good and they beat out Trubisky, he's going to be the starter. But like I said, you're going to want that guy to kind of have like that safety net just in case Trubisky does struggle out of the gate if somehow he does win the job. You know, and I, and I look at this. And as we sit here, we're a couple of days, you know, just under a week away from free agency. We could talk all the names we want. We can talk, you know, Nick Foles, Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, God no, please no. Um, you know, Andy Dalton, Case Keenum, Nate Sudfeld. None, none of this is going to make, I don't think the Bears are really going to make a big move or anything like that. And I don't think a lot of teams are until Tom Brady figures out where he goes. To me, he is the biggest domino in everything. Where he goes will kind of have that domino effect on what quarterbacks go where. I absolutely agree with that. I, I think that's going to be exactly the case because you got multiple teams right now uh, fighting for his services. And obviously you got the Patriots waiting to see what goes on, although I have a feeling that they're going to go, uh, I, I don't even know really the right word, unconventional maybe. I think they're going to, if, if Tom Brady leaves, I think they're going to go unconventional with the, the quarterback situation there. But I mean, you got Tampa Bay, who's reportedly really in, and they're going to do whatever they can to get Tom Brady. And then you've got, obviously, uh, well, I'm trying to think who else. You got the Raiders, who have been, you know, supposedly in on him. You've got the 49ers, who are supposedly in on him. But that's the thing is, you look at every single one of those situations, right, where where he would go. So if he goes to Tampa Bay, then obviously Jameis Winston goes somewhere else. So then where does Jameis Winston go? If he goes to the Raiders, then obviously. You know, Derek Carr is going to be up for grabs. If he goes to the 49ers and you got Jimmy G, who's going to be up for grabs, which, I mean, okay, yeah, his win-loss record is pretty damn good overall. But if you actually watch him play, he's really not that good of a quarterback. I think we can all kind of agree that 
with a better quarterback, I think that San Francisco probably wins the Super Bowl last year. Um, but it's just, it, it, like you said, I mean, it really just comes down to Brady. It comes down to what Brady's going to do because then everything else is going to fall in place. I think the only thing that's really, at least it seems virtually locked in at this point, is the fact that uh, Philip Rivers is going in Indianapolis. And then it's like, what do the Chargers do? Are the Chargers going to go out? Are they going to sign a veteran and then go out and draft somebody? It just, there's so many different things. And that's what's going to make this so interesting, especially for a team like the Bears, where obviously they, I don't, I mean, they could, in theory, afford somebody like Tom Brady. Obviously, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think that, you know, I, I honestly, as much as I think Ryan Pace needs to start actually recouping draft capital and sort of trading it away and, and wheeling and dealing, I think their best option is going to come in the trade department. I mean, like, I mean, maybe Ryan Tannehill makes sense, but I don't know how much I'm buying into his. I mean, it's... It's almost like, although he produced at a higher level than Trubisky when he was with the Dolphins, but it's almost kind of like a, a Trubisky-type situation where he had that one, you know, pretty impressive year behind an offense that had a really good offensive line and had Derrick Henry running for, you know, 150 yards a game. So, I don't know. I look, look at the options, and I and I really objectively think about it. And, again, the, the guy I keep coming back to is Derrick Carr. I know some people think Derek Carr is overrated. I think Derek Carr is a pretty damn good quarterback, and I think he would be a perfect fit with Matt Nagy. Um, obviously, we got to see what happens there, but it's just I, I just I feel like a trade option is going to be the Bears' best bet at this point instead of going out and overspending for a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, again, no thank you, Jameis Winston. I want nothing to do with that guy. He's he's a scumbag. I don't really know how else to put it. I mean, he's just he's not a good human being, and I, I just I can't. I'll be honest, and I'll go ahead and say this now. I don't think it's ever going to happen in a million years because I think Ryan Pace has more integrity than that. But let's be real here. If Jameis Winston somehow signs with the Bears, and I, I, there's no way I can support a team that that pays Jameis Winston money. I'm sorry, I can't do it. But I don't think he's going to be an option. But, again, I don't think when you're looking at options, I think that you know Andy Dalton's probably you know the oldest option that – that they would look at going with. He's 32 going on 33. Um, but I mean, outside of that, I think that if they go out and make a move, I think the thought process is, unless it's just maybe a Case Keenum or even a Nick Foles, I think for the most part, the thought process is probably going to be like, let's get somebody who's young enough that he can still be the franchise quarterback and we can try to win with him. Kind of almost like a Kirk Cousins type situation. I think Derek Carr fits that bill perfectly. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I don't want Ryan, the, the quarterbacks. I don't want. I don't want Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, I don't want Jameis Winston. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Andy Dalton. I know there's been a lot of talk on on Facebook or Twitter about I, Andy I, Dalton. You want to throw that out there? I'm not a fan of Andy Dalton either. He just seems like the most likely of options at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think there is a very realistic and a good chance he is the quarterback that the Bears go after. I have to say, if I had a power rank of them, guess right now it would be Andy Dalton, Case Keenum. Um, I don't want Andy Dalton. I don't. I'm still a little mixed on Case Keenum. I think he's a serviceable backup and a guy that can come in and maybe at least keep you in games and maybe win you one or two. Um, yeah, I just it's it's going to be crazy to watch watch it all unfold um, as we go on in this free agency period. But I I, I mean the Bears are going to add a quarterback. It wouldn't shock if they added a quarterback through free agency and drafted someone maybe on day three. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just I don't want Andy Dalton. I don't want Jameis Winston. I don't really want um, Ryan Tannehill. I think the best case scenario for the Bears, obviously, I'm with you on this. I think Derek Carr makes the most sense right now. 
Um, if you go out, maybe you can land him via trade, pay that cap hit. He's your starter right away. You have Trubisky for one more year as the backup, and then he you let him go for next season. That's kind of my ideal free agency um, quarterback situation. And to kind of go back to that trade idea, I mean, the picks were released yesterday. The Bears do have eight picks. They have two in the second round, um, two in the seventh, two in the sixth. They have the fourth comp pick, um, and then they have the uh, fifth round pick of their own. I was kind of thinking about this. You know, Ryan Pace loves to trade down. Um, he, does, he has traded up in the past, obviously, with Trubisky. Trade up to get David Montgomery. I think this is a great draft for Ryan Pace to kind of trade back one of the picks and maybe pick up a couple extra draft picks um, this year and possibly gain one next year. I would look at that second round that they own themselves. I know there's a lot of needs and you have two second round picks. You don't have a first round pick. You have a, you don't have a third round pick. Excuse me. I'm not ruling him out of trading that second, second round pick, the one that the bears own, which is in the fifties just yet. I think we could see a scenario where if he can recoup some draft picks, maybe get a third back, um, maybe get an extra pick from next year for next year's draft. I could definitely see Pace doing that. I probably would stay away from that idea. I would probably take two players with those second round picks, um, maybe trade um, one of the day three picks instead, see if he can coop back into the into the draft and, and, and get some more draft picks. But yeah, I mean, they have the ammo if they want to make a trade. Um, it's just who they're going to be trading for if they trade do trade for a player. You know, in all sides kind of point, if they do make a trade for a quarterback, I got to imagine it's Derek Carr or um, Andy Dalton and, potentially Nick Foles as well. Well, I think if you look at it, uh, at least when, when you're looking at Derek Carr, and this is one, I think he's the best of the bunch. Two, I think, you know, obviously he's going to cost the most in terms of uh, in terms of picks. If it was me, and I, I would assume that this would get it done, this is kind of what I've been thinking the entire time, give the Raiders back their two picks. Give, give them back their second-round pick and give them back their seventh-round pick. Give, give them those two picks and call it a day. The thing with Derek Carr that's nice, with the, at least when you're looking at cap hit, is he's under a pretty damn affordable contract, uh, very controllable, and it's one of those things where I think if he came in, I think his cap hit would only be like $15 million um, for the Bears. And then and when you look at a guy like Nick Foles, who I, personal theory, I don't think, that I, I I feel like we'd have heard more smoke by now if he was really an option. And the thing to kind of keep in mind here is he's got ties to the Andy Reid offense uh, with Andy Reid and then obviously with Dick, Doug Peterson you know, when they won the Super Bowl. And he's also got ties to John Filippo. So I feel like, you know, with all those ties, if he was really truly an option or somebody that they felt comfortable with, I feel like we'd be hearing more about it. Obviously, he's the most expensive because of that awful contract that Jacksonville gave him. Uh, the only plus side that I could see with him is I think that Jacksonville is not only going to have to eat, uh, you know, a decent amount of the money that they that they paid him in terms of, you know, just dead cap space in general. But I think because of what he's owed, I honestly think that they're going to end up having to give – almost kind of like the Brock Osweiler situation, either a second or third round pick. And that could be a benefit to the Bears. But again, when I'm looking at it, objectively speaking, I don't think Nick Foles makes him much better of a team, if at all, honestly. I just, I mean, he had those flash in the pan, good years uh, in Philly, the first time in Philly, you know, uh, when they went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl and, you know, he got him back to the playoffs or whatever. But I just don't think Nick Foles is that good of a quarterback. But Again, it's just one of those, I mean, the quarterback is going to rule the roost. The nice thing is, is that basically by this time next week, we'll know exactly where the Bears are leaning. 
and we'll know exactly what they're going to do. And if it's somebody like an Andy Dalton, I think Andy Dalton is better than Trubisky, but I do think that there would be a quote-unquote competition there. I think the same thing with Nick Foles. I think the same thing with a guy like Case Keenum. If Derek Carr is traded for, he's obviously the starter. If they give Teddy Bridgewater money, then obviously he's a starter. I mean, you know, just kind of going through the line of different guys. I think it's going to be pretty evident one way or another who ends up being a starter. Now, this is a question I have for you, though, kind of moving away a little bit from the quarterback situation and, you know, kind of keeping with the theme of free agency outside of quarterback. Now, we're going to kind of get a little bit away from that. What do you think is the most important position for them to address, whether they spend big money or spend multiple resources at that position? Um, for me, I, I'm actually going to go with, so if I, if I, outside of quarterback, if I had to go with two positions, I would go with safety and I would go with probably right guard. I think tight end, they already brought in Demetrius Harris. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to be a player for Austin Hooper, just because I think Austin Hooper is going to get a big deal. Um, and then you have the Hunter Henry decision with the uh, franchise tag, if the Chargers are going to use it or not. Um, Eric Ebron has a connection with Mitchell Trubisky. I just don't know if he's the full answer. I think the Bears are going to rely more on Trey Burton than a lot of people think. Um, I think they'll draft a younger tight end in in the draft. I would say, though, I mean, safety is something as a position that we really haven't heard much of leading up into you know this free agency period. The Bears have a couple of safeties. Well, Sherrick McManus was working as a DB last year, but you know they have Ha Clinton Dix. Deion Bush and McManus were all set to be safeties, which essentially leaves them with just Eddie Jackson and DeAndre Houston Carson on the roster at that position. Now, look, last year the Bears lost Adrian Amos. They brought in haha Clinton Dix. Clinton Dix is more of a free safety than a strong safety. He's not a guy that's going to go up into the box and, and be a run stuffer or come off on the blitz. And that's why we saw him and Eddie Jackson kind of flip-flop positions a little bit last year. They kind of took turns on who's going to roam essentially center field in the defense. Um, and, and whether we want to say that was a full case or not, I mean, Jackson's production did take a little bit of a dip um, there last season. Now, Jackson's still a great player, and we really shouldn't be scared of that. But I think the Bears are really going to look hard and see if they can find, you know, a prototypical strong safety that they can bring in maybe, you know, on a cheaper deal. But if they do go for a home run, I mean, the free agent market for safeties isn't super great. Um, It's not bad, actually. You look, I believe Tony Jefferson's probably the top option, the 28-year-old out of Baltimore. He's more of a strong safety you have guys, you know, Jimmy Ward is more of a free safety from San Francisco. Uh, you have Clinton Dix, um, Anthony Harris out of Minnesota. And then a guy who I think the Bears could get cheap um, if they want to go this route. But again, he's more of a free safety. It's someone like Trey Boston. I think Trey Boston was one of the more underrated safeties last season who could you know, kind of fit in with this defense. I don't know what they're going to do. I would like to see them if they do make that big move. I would probably go after someone like Tony Jefferson or – um, you know, maybe even draft a safety as well and kind of bring in a veteran then instead, you know, someone you can get on a one or two year deal. And then I look at right guard. They're not sold on Alex Barnes. I don't think they're really sold on Rashad Coward. I think they're gonna have to go out and get a right guard either in free agency or the draft. And maybe if they go the draft route, then you kind of start, I guess you start the competition with Alex Bars and Rashad Coward. But if you remember, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex Bars didn't play a snap in that Week 17 game last year, did he? No, he didn't. Be, it's, and Which is odd. The one underrated aspect that I think a lot of people are forgetting right now, Eric Eastan is no longer the offensive line coach. Correct. 
So that's something to kind of keep in mind. I know a lot of people, including myself and you, like Alex Mars last year, liked him as an undrafted free agent. But, I mean, that time with Harry Heastan's gone. I mean, there's no guarantee that he's going to even be on the roster. I, I think right guard is absolutely a position that – I honestly wouldn't shock me if they ended up spending some money there. I don't know well, if it's a smart idea, but I do think it, it wouldn't shock me at all. No, and, and it wouldn't shock me either. And, and you look, I mean, the names, I mean, Quentin Spain just got a deal. Um, I believe he went back to, to Buffalo today. Um, and it was actually a pretty affordable deal, something the Bears probably could have done. But you look, okay, and you look at the top guards in this free agency class. You have Brandon Sheriff out of um, Washington. You have... Um, God, who was the other one? Oh, Graham Glasgow out of Detroit. Those are two guys that would kind of fit your need. They'd be starters right away, but they're going to be on more of the higher end. By um, time could make some sense. I think by time Glasgow are going to be or Glasgow are going to be two guys that are going to be pretty, pretty comparable in price. I think. You think Glasgow would be affordable? I, I well, I, I mean, I, I guess it would depend on what your version of affordable. I would guess probably eight nine million. See, I, I see. I have him more at the uh, Brennan Scherf or Street. I'm probably butchering that name big time. Um, the Washington Scherf. guard. Yeah, Scherf's gonna get. Yeah, he that dude's gonna get paid. Like I he's, think, probably, he's. I would guess he's probably gonna see fourteen, fifty million. I think he's gonna be. He's your top tier, and I think um, the guy from uh, from New England, Joe Tooney, is gonna be as well. Yeah, is gonna I'll, be up there. Very careful. Especially the Bears, but I'd be careful with any team taking anybody from New England, especially when you start talking about offensive linemen. Yeah, and it's also kind of one of the one thing if Bill Belichick doesn't want him, you know, kind of why should you want him? Essentially, uh, yeah. I mean, I just if they do make a big splash in free agency at guard, I would be okay with that if they spend good money there. I think it's a position they really need to address and, and bring someone in. And then um, if I had to go even a step further than that, not really a position. Um, I guess I would recommend it more for wide receiver, but give me some damn speed on this offense. Outside of Cordero Patterson and, and, and Tariq Cohen, they, the Bears don't really have a burner down the field. And you look, I think you and I talked about this, you look at Kansas City, San Francisco, they had burners all over the field in the Super Bowl. I mean, just flat-out speed. Something I want the Bears to get a little more of. And whether they do that you know, at wide receiver through free agency or the draft, or whether they even bring in someone, you know, like another running back to the to the stable, um, kind of replace Ryan Nall with some speed. I actually wouldn't be mind, wouldn't be mad at that. So let me flip the question to you. What are two positions you think um, are very important outside of quarterback? Well, I'm definitely going to go maybe a little bit more broad. Uh, with you know, you, you talk about safety. I'm going to say DB because I think that. One way or another, the Bears can't go into the draft needing both a starting strong safety and a starting cornerback too. Like I, you just you can't you can't do it. So one way or another, and what's interesting to me, and why I almost kind of think they may lean corner here, is because there's a lot of there's a lot of veterans that are going to be hitting that market um, in kind of a convoluted corner market where the Bears could end up getting a decent deal. They could get that ha-ha Clinton Dix kind of deal, like a one-year uh, deal for a veteran that comes in and, and fits the scheme. Um, you know, So I, I don't know which way they're going to go. I do agree with your overall point that was safety. I think that ha-ha Clinton Dix is a good player. 
Uh, I think he does deserve to get paid. I think he's a bad fit with the Bears. And I think he's a bad fit with the Bears because, like you pointed out, you got two guys that are basically playing the same exact position. Eddie Jackson's productivity went down. And frankly, there were just a ton more mistakes back there than there should have been last year. And I think a lot of that has to do with stylistically. Uh, Tony Jefferson would definitely make some sense. I mean, there's there's definitely some, some moves there to be made. And maybe you bring in, you know, a cheap veteran and then you, you draft somebody and and you see what's going to happen. But like you pointed out, I mean, they basically have two safeties on the roster going into free agency in the draft. And my other one, and I, I've gone back and forth on this a little bit, but they've already got a pretty decent amount of resources tied up into this position. But I just, I, I think it's a must for the offense, and that's tight end. Uh, I just, man, I, I and I'm not saying I like Austin Hooper. I'm not quite as big of a fan of him as some people are, and I'm not going to be a big fan of what he gets paid. Austin Hooper definitely could make some sense, but somebody that you know that that could be interesting depending on what the Buccaneers do with him is going to be Cameron Braid. I think he could make a lot of sense for the Bears. Like you said, you got Demetrius Harris, and he's going to be your your blocking tight end. He's really not much of a pass catcher. Adam Shaheen, dude's not going to make the roster. I would just throw him out the throw him out the window into the trash can right now. The dude's not going to make the roster. Let's not even start to go around that circle. I mean, you got Ben Broniker, who's also replaceable if need be. Uh, Trey Burton is going to be on the roster simply because financially it makes more sense to keep him on the roster versus not. I don't. I wouldn't count on him at all. So I'd go out and at least try to do something along the Eric Ebron, uh, maybe a Cameron Bray kind of line. Um, you know, and obviously if they end up with Austin Hooper, it's going to suck for one year in terms of cap hits and all that stuff. But I think after that, it, it would probably be worth it. He eats up zone defenses, which is another big thing. So I think those would be my two. I do think right guard is a decently big deal. I do think having a better scheme fit with their offensive coordinator and uh, their offensive line coach is definitely going to help. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things with guards is it's they're not quite as hard to find or they usually should be as hard to find. So, I mean, you can kind of bring in maybe not Ted Larson again, but maybe somebody to that level, uh, maybe a draft pick or you just kind of pit two veterans against each other and see what you can get out of it. Um, but again, it's it's one of those situations where the Bears don't have a ton of money to spend, at least on paper. But I'm also looking at it, it's like it wouldn't surprise me if they end up, you know, coming out of free agency with a quarterback, a decent tight end, a decent defensive back, and some sort of, you know, whether it be, you know, two DBs or whether it be, you know, a defensive back, you know, safety or corner, and then some sort of, you know, short-term remedy on the offensive line or something. Because Bobby Massey's money starts clearing up the, you know, next year. And then the same thing with Charles Leno. And, and that's kind of another thing when you're talking about those second-round picks, you know, just assuming that they had both of them. I mean, this is a really good offensive tackle class. I mean, this is the kind of year that you want to draft a, an offensive tackle in the second round or an edge rusher in the second round and develop that guy. Um, an edge rusher could be another one, too, because if Leonard Floyd, if they end up booting Leonard Floyd out the door, uh, as we know, edge rushers are not very cheap. And also, as we know, last year, uh, when Akeem Hicks went down, things really went downhill for them. So they got to be more deep than they were because having Isaiah Irving out there and playing meaningful staffs because Aaron Lynch is 305 pounds now all of a sudden out of nowhere, can't keep his weight down. It was completely useless outside of getting in the in the neutral zone. I mean, you've got to have not only one option, but you've got to have another option. So if you let Leonard Floyd go, then you better be using a draft pick pretty decently high on one, and you better be signing somebody who's at least worth their weight uh, with the contract that you're going to give them, because I would guess probably seven, eight, nine million. I mean, you could still save some money there, but you still got to find a way to make something happen. 
Yeah, and you know, Spain re-signed with the uh, Bills a uh, three-year deal on fifteen million dollars, so that's pretty that's pretty cheap for him and and, and good value for Quentin Spain. Honestly. Yes, and I mean, it kind of brings to your point. Um, maybe some of the guards will be a little cheaper than we imagine um, in this free agency period. Let's uh, let's hit our final break of the show, and then I want to ask you one big question about a big decision the Bears um, have to make. You kind of talked about it a little bit already, but we'll do that and wrap up the show. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back in the Bearport Podcast. We're going to start wrapping things up here ahead of the free agency start next week. Um, Aaron, so the Bears still have a very big decision to make here, um, and they have to do so pretty quickly in the next coming days. What are they going to do with Leonard Floyd? He's owned, he's owed $13.2 million on his fifth-year option. I don't think there's any chance in hell they pay him the $13.2 million. Let's assume they do not pay him $13.2 million. What route do you see the Bears going? Do you see them just letting Leonard Floyd essentially just walk, hit the free agency market, or bring him back on maybe a longer-term deal with cheaper money um, you know, yearly? Well... I think that when guys like – I think there's two primary guys that every Bears fan, I'm sure, well knows this by now, Adam Johns and Brad Biggs. Those are the two guys, when they speak, you listen. I mean, it's as simple as that. And I pointed this out on Twitter the other day when talking about the quarterback situation where the tide has kind of turned in terms of perception, even with a guy like Brad Biggs and, and, and Johns. I mean, they, they have both – it went from, yeah, you know, whatever Pace says is what's going to happen. Trubisky's an unquestioned starter to all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, well, there's definitely something going on because all of a sudden their narrative is like, well, don't count on Trubisky. You know, let's wait on actions instead of words. Brad Biggs put out a thing the other day basically saying that there's a lot of teams around the league right now who expect Leonard Floyd to be cut loose of his fifth-year option and become a free agent. Now, I don't think Brad Biggs is going to put something like that out unless – unless he is pretty certain that Leonard Floyd isn't going to play in the 50 year option. It makes a ton of sense. And that doesn't just mean that Leonard Floyd is gone because there's, there's three different options that can happen here, right? So you can either release him in the 50 year option. You can save $13.22 million, which is a pretty good amount of space. But when you look at what you're probably going to have to spend in order to resign a replacement on the same level, maybe a little bit more pass rush, maybe not as much versatility, you're probably looking at seven, eight, maybe $9 million. So it may save you five, six million dollars, but that's not a ton. Um, you know, so there's that. The Bears could look at it and say, okay, you know, maybe there's a team out there who really likes Floyd that's willing to give him a new contract, and maybe they want to trade, let's just say, you know, fifth or sixth round pick for him. Uh, or the Bears, you know, could simply be using this as a negotiation ploy through the media to basically try to get him on a team friendly deal. My thought is. I think Leonard Floyd's market, because of the kind of player he is and because of his size and what he brings, or you know, his potential more to the point, which we've been talking about for four damn years now, is I think that if if he hits the open market, I think he's gonna get anywhere from eleven, thirteen million dollars a year. And I don't think the Bears are anywhere close in that vicinity. I think they're more I would guess they're probably more in the eight to ten million dollar range, maybe on the higher side of that, maybe closer to ten. But I think that Leonard Floyd is probably pretty confident at this point with his agent that they can get more than that on the open market. I don't particularly blame him, personally. I think, I mean, especially with him, he was an older rookie coming in the league anyway. It's like this is really going to be his one chance to get that one big contract. 
And I personally think that he's kind of holding tight right now and saying, hey, you know, go ahead and release me that fifth-year option. That's fine. You don't want to pay me $13.22 million. I'll go out and find a deal that will guarantee me much more than that and probably have me right around the same, uh, you know, on a, on a year-to-year basis. So ultimately, I think one way or another, I think Leonard Floyd's gone. Um, you know, it, so here's my concern. I'm not a huge Leonard Floyd fan. I do think he has value. I have defended him. When others will look at it and say, well, he's not getting sacks, he's useless, I don't believe that. I think he's actually been surprisingly good against the run. He's versatile in coverage. Sometimes I don't know why he's in coverage. But I think overall he's a pretty solid player. But the Bears are not at a point where they can give solid to maybe above average players, uh, you know, the kind of money at $13 million when they've already got Cleo Mack on the other side of him. My concern comes in, again, with the fact that you look at last year, you look at it and you say Isaiah Irving was basically their third outside linebacker because, again, Aaron Lynch was basically playing a five technique position anytime he was in the game, jumping offside. So you look at it and you say, OK, you look at the sack production, especially with when Akeem Hicks went down. Edge rushers didn't really do much outside of Cleo Mack last year in terms of pass rush and even Cleo Mack had a down year. So you look at it and you say, either way, you need to have a much better option as your third outside linebacker. And that's fine. If you want to go out and spend a second round pick on one and you want to get a developmental guy, okay, that's fine. But still, you got to be able to look at this this outside linebacker, this edge rushing market as a whole, and really figure out if it's going to be worth it or not, right? you got a guy um, like Robert Quinn who is getting a little bit up there in age. I think he's going to be, what, 30, 31 this year. Uh, but he had a big year last year. I mean, he could make some sense, but he may end up costing you close to the same kind of money that Leonard Floyd would. You know, maybe a little bit less because of his age and, you know, the versatility aspect really isn't there. Or maybe you go out and get, you know, you sign a guy like Marcus Golden who had a career year, but he's only had that one year. So there's a lot of risk involved either way. I understand them not wanting to pay pay him that kind of money. I think ideally – I think it would make the most, you know, it would probably be the, the benefit of the Bears to be able to get him for, let's say, 9 or $10 million a year. You get him locked up on a long-term deal with, you know, a, a reasonable amount of guaranteed money. And then you go out and you spend, you know, a decently high pick on an edge rusher and you finally start kind of building that group back up. Um, but if not, I mean, the Bears better lock on. They better have one of their targets locked onto and be pretty damn sure that they're going to be able to get him. Because once Leonard Floyd hits that market then all of a sudden you've got a giant hole on outside linebacker. And the other thing I want to bring up real quick uh, before, you know, before you say your thoughts on everything is right now the Bears have three different starting holes that they have to get figured out on the defense side of the ball. The defense is supposed to be the spark plug unit. They're supposed to be the, the one unit on this, this entire team where you can count on them to be a top five to top ten unit that's going to be able to make up for any sort of inefficient offense, uh, you know, any whatever goes on with the special teams. Like, they're supposed to be the unit that you're going to be able to count on, that you know that you're going to have a shot in the playoff, or, you know, have a shot to make the playoffs because that unit's so good. Problem is, you already got you got inside linebacker, whether they do with Andy Trevathan and Nick Wachowski. You've got strong safety or free safety or whatever the hell, you know, one of the safety spots, and you've got a corner spot. And all of a sudden, if you let Leonard Floyd go, okay, you may be saving some money there, but you better have a damn good plan in place because all of a sudden you've got basically, you know, whether you want to count at 11, 12 starters just because nickel and stuff like that. It's like you've got four starters that you've got to replace on a defensive unit that you're supposed to be counting on. And sometimes continuity is key there. So that would be my thought there. I'm not saying don't get rid of Leonard Floyd. I'm not saying pay him the $13.22 million fifth-year option. But I, I, 
Ryan Pace needs to be really careful. The offense needs to be the focus, but they also cannot let – they can't go back to what it was with Phil Emery and Mark Trestman where they put so much focus into the offense and trying to right the ship there that they completely forgot about the defense. And that's definitely a concern. I don't think they'll fall off quite that bad. But, I mean, there's got to be some focus on the defense side of the ball. I mean, you pretty much just hit the nail on the head right there. I agree with everything. I think, you know – it does, if you do move on from Leonard Floyd, it creates another hole because you're not going to be comfortable going into next season with Isaiah Irving as your starting outside linebacker. You may not even be comfortable going in there with a um, rookie as your starting outside linebacker if you do, in fact, draft one in the second round or whenever. Um, I wouldn't pay Floyd the $13.2 million. I would probably try to work out a longer-term deal um, however, I mean, it's a good point that he could go on the free mar- market, free agent market and get a lot more than what the bears are willing to offer. And why would you, why would you not, if you're him? I mean, there's no, nothing to lose on the free agent market, essentially, especially if the bears don't want to pay you that $13.2 million. I just, that's my worry as well. What you said is exactly my worry that you're going to create another hole on a defense that already has a hole. Um, at safety, already has a big decision to make it inside linebacker. I mean, you're not guaranteed to bring back Trevathan or Kwiatkowski. I mean, they're, I mean, I think it's slim. There's still a chance that both of them bolt for free agency and leave and don't re-sign with you. Ideally, you have one of them back. You bring Kevin Pierre-Lewis back as more depth. But, I mean, that's kind of like a doomsday scenario for the Bears. And then you're looking behind Akeem Hicks. There's not a lot of depth that you're really, you know, too confident in. I think Bilal Nichols had the hand injury that was really impacted his season last year. But Roy Robertson Harrison got got off to a big start last season in week one. He was pretty quiet the rest of the year. So you have that. You're just creating another hole. And then essentially at, at defensive back, too, um, how comfortable are you with the competition of Kevin Tolliver and um, and Trey Robertson, the guy they got in from Canada? I mean, it, it it's just, like you said, there's – too many needs on the defensive side of the football um, going into the season, much more than what we expected, uh, uh, you know, just a couple months ago. So if I had to make a prediction, I think Leonard Floyd is probably on a new team next year. Um, I think the Bears are trying to work with him on more a more team-friendly deal and kind of explain to him, hey, look, we have to kind of get our cap down. We can't really spend a lot of money. We can't pay this $13.2 million. If he could help us out here, and why would Leonard Floyd even say yes to that unless he's super loyal to the Bears organization? So, yeah, and another name to keep an eye out, I believe it was this morning, Brad Biggs, one of the guys you mentioned, he mentioned Vic Beasley's name out of Atlanta. So that might be a guy to keep an eye on. I, I, I'm not a fan of Vic Beasley. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh No, I just – I'm making puke noises. No. Yeah. Oh. Not, not a fan of him either. So, yeah, keep an eye on that. And, and I mean, will they spend on a defensive end, edge rusher? in free agency we'll have to see but yeah i just i i would stay away from you know as if you can from creating another hole on that defense um but i mean the bears might not be able to prevent it especially if they're not going to pay leonard floyd the 13.2 million dollars now after all that talk watch we'll get the news that the bears are going to pay leonard floyd 13.2 million dollars and both you and i will both be disgusted with that because i don't think there's any chance you could pay him that no, and I don't think they will. I, I just, it's, it's again, they just have to be calculated. They have to be calculated in, in how they spend their limited amount of resources because, again, we're not talking about a team that has a first, second, and third round pick. We're talking about a team that has two second round picks, is 
probably going to trade for a quarterback of some sort. Uh, and, you know, then you're talking about, you know, basically having to replace three, if not four starters on the defensive side of the ball. And then you're looking at maybe a new tight end and, and probably maybe a new receiver, depending on what the, how they plan on replacing Taylor Gabriel. And then obviously right guard. I mean, they don't have a ton of holes, but again, you don't want to create more holes than needed. And again, I don't think you could, especially on the defense side of the ball, I don't know how much you really want to disrupt the continuity of that defense. So yeah, it's just, again, and that's kind of why I highlighted, especially when you're looking at DB, I think they need to have one either corner or strong safety figured out going into the draft because you just can't you just can't risk it. I don't think you can risk it. I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, you know, either uh, Robertson or, uh, you know, a lot of people are really high in Kevin Tolliver. I mean, Kevin Tolliver's, I mean, this is a second, I think a lot of people forget. I mean, this is a, last camp was a, his second year in a row where he almost didn't make the team coming out of camp. I mean, that... It's one of those things where he seems to play pretty well when he actually gets into the game, but it doesn't really seem like the Bears are overly enthralled with giving him a ton of opportunities. So I just I don't know, man. It's it. I'm not I'm not going to be overly negative, uh, and I'm not going to be overly concerned. But I do think Ryan Pace has his work cut out for him over the next probably month month and a half. Uh, you know, with the draft and all that stuff to really. Not only does he need to not create holes, but he needs to, you know, he needs to fill holes. He needs to get this team better and get the quarterback situation figured out. And I mean, that's a pretty tall task. I mean, they're 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 at a very critical point where, you know, they're they're in the middle of a competition window. I mean, this was a Super Bowl contender team last year and moving into this year if they had better quarterback play. Obviously, some other injuries and stuff happened, you know, some letdowns, whatever. But with a good quarterback, this team is right in the mix of everything. And right now, not only do they have a fixed quarterback situation, but they've got to keep the roster from bleeding in other situations with a limited amount of resources this offseason. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Ryan Pace handles it. I think that this offseason is really going to dictate his overall future in Chicago. And, and, and from multiple standpoints, I think some of the decisions that he makes this, you know, just with free agency and kind of bolstering the roster and then obviously with the quarterback situation. I mean, this is, it's a very delicate situation and it's not like he's, it's not like it was when he came in, when he had a ton of draft picks, he had high draft picks and he had a ton of money to work with. I mean, he's got limited resources all the way around. He's got to find a way to make it work and, and get this competition window back on track. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the ultimate goal. It starts next week, and then you go into the draft. We'll, we'll know a lot the next time we record a podcast next week. Uh, let's close this out, Aaron. Let's make a prediction here. Um, give me one prediction for next week that you think will happen. Let's say by the time we record this podcast. Let's say we'll record Wednesday night. Give me one thing that you think will happen. Um, let's keep it Bears-related. Okay, well, I'm going to make this prediction, and I'm not particularly – I'm not going to care for it too much, but I think Andy Dalton will be a Chicago Bear um, by this time next week. Okay. Yeah, I was going to go quarterback as well. I'll mix it up a little bit, though. I'll say the Bears are going to sign a tight end next week. I'll say they'll go – I don't think it'll be Austin Hooper. I'd like to see Hunter Henry. I don't know if he's going to be free. I'll go with Eric Ebron will join the Bears as a tight end next week we'll have, we'll learn about the details um and you know it's kind of put a cherry on top i think they'll also get a quarterback i think it's going to be uh case keenum so we'll see how right aaron and i are i i mean it, it's gonna I get hope, crazy i really hope uh, I, I, more the point i hope we're wrong on the quarterback i mean that's 
That, yes. I mean, they're, Let's they're, hope for Derek Carr. Yeah, well, I see if Derek Carr, then all of a sudden it's back. It's back to Super Bowl Bears in 2020 but if not then I mean, we're just I guess we'll just have to see man i don't know andy dalton doesn't inspire a lot of confidence and neither does case keenum so i but uh, those feel like more realistic options in their car i think it would be a lot we know a lot more you know and i i think i'd probably feel more confident with a, a car move if we knew what the raiders were going to do at quarterback yeah and the other thing that kind of note here is by the time we record next week, this none of this stuff will probably happen. So it's like, especially for the Bears, it'll be just like our luck. Um, yeah, I'm all aboard the Derek Carr bandwagon. Get me on with him. Get me him in Chicago, and I'll be happy. Um, Aaron, where can everyone uh, follow you on Twitter at, and where can they read your work at? Yep, you can follow me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work at BearReport.com. Cool. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. And you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at, at Bear Report. Make sure to check the site. Um, plenty of free agent stuff coming. We've already published a ton. Next week, we're gearing up for it. Um, yeah, and we'll be back with another podcast episode next week. Everyone, please stay safe, and we'll talk to you again next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.